The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Being Bumo. I'm your host, Chriselle Lim, and the co-founder of Bumo and Bumo Brain Virtual School, aka BVS. Today, I got to chat with Genevieve Padalecki, who is someone I've become friends with through Instagram. Don't we all love the gram? She's the founder of lifestyle site Now and Jen and a mother to three really beautiful kids. Some of you may recognize Genevieve from her roles on the hit TV show Wildfire and Supernatural. She not only has garnered over 1.2 million followers on Instagram, but she also has cultivated an amazing community of loyal readers to her lifestyle site, Now and Jen, where she talks about everything from how to homeschool, eco-friendly fashion pics, and gluten-free recipes. We had a really open and raw conversation on motherhood, the guilt and pressure that comes with it, and we go real deep into some taboo topics that no one really talks about. It was really refreshing to hear Genevieve's point of view and her experiences. I hope that you guys enjoy our conversation. Hi, Genevieve. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Chriselle? Oh, well, you know, just every day is different, but I'm so glad that we're connecting on here because I feel like we've been internet friends for a very long time. <laughs> I know. I'm really, I'm excited that it's finally happening. I wish it was in person, but. I know, likewise. Um, so I always like to start off with a little icebreaker just to get, you know, the energy going. So I'm going to ask you a question and you have to tell me your honest answer. Okay. Okay. Is there a food that you think is really gross, but you make your kids eat it because it's good for them? I don't know if there's anything that I make them eat that I think is gross, but I will say, um, I don't know if you can hear them screaming. I'm sorry if you can. No, it's okay. It's our our new reality. I have my kids in the background too. So totally understandable. (laughs) Um, I know, right? So we lived in Vancouver for a long time um, because that's where my husband was filming. And they developed a penchant for sushi, which I, I love sushi, but they really love eating like the roe, which I am repulsed by. I think it's so gross. Um, and I've been told it's really good for them. So I don't, I try not to make faces in front of them when they order it. But um, I think that's probably the, the sushi is something that I'm like hit or miss with. And they just, you're they just like, it. it's delicious kids eat up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Yeah. For me, it's bananas. Um, I make mm-hmm. a lot of, yeah, I know it's weird. It's, I love bananas up until I had my own kids. I think because so much of, um, baby food is consistent with, uh, consisted with bananas. So I would just deal with a lot of throw up, uh, bananas ever since then. I just like, can't eat bananas. And that makes sense. The texture of it. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, well, I'm so glad that we're doing this and how are you during these times? I always like to start off with that because I feel like for parents during these times, it's such a 
we forget to kind of like really assess how we are doing during these times. So how are you really doing during these times? Um, that's a good question. I feel that it's, it's day by day and even more so it's hour by hour. I think, you know, I think it changes on a whim and, uh, you know, like this morning I was feeling like, oh gosh, I'm so tired. What are we going to do today? And then, you know, then it, the attitude changed and we picked up an activity and today is a new day or, you know, it's a new hour, I guess. So yeah, I feel like it changes all the time. What about you? Do you, how are you yeah. doing? Yeah. I mean, I've learned because I'm a perpetual planner and I love to plan things, but I realized that during the these times, I've kind of had to let go of my agendas because they usually don't go as planned. And for me, I just kind of had to let that kind of obsession go and just kind of write it like day by day, like you said, because it's just every day is just so challenging in itself. So it's a huge accomplishment just to get through one day, I feel like. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that you said that. I was actually talking to my therapist yesterday sorry, I'm sweating because I'm outside. But I was, I was saying how I'm struggling and I'm agitated lately. And it's, I'm agitated because the internet's not working. I'm agitated because I can't get the food that I want or I can't get the, whatever it is. And they're little things, but it just is agitating. And she said to me, which was really great advice is that I need to lower my expectations because we've lived in this world where it's so like instant gratification. We get whatever we want really quickly. And so it's kind of relaxing into, I can't control everything right now. And I have to go with the flow, which is very challenging. I find. I think that's, that's such a good point. I think all parents are learning to have to go with the flow now because it's just like, we don't have schools. We don't have like our usual schedules that we have to go by. And I think that was like the hardest thing, right? And I love that you talk about therapy just so openly. Is that something that you really believe in and something that you've been doing for a while? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually all, and everyone in our family, minus my three-year-old sees a therapist individually. Um, it's something that I grew up with and it was a great tool growing up in talking about our feelings and, and being open. And then when my husband and I got married, before we got married, we actually did therapy together. And then we eventually got our own therapist. And it's something that I think has such a negative stigma, which is so weird and odd to me because it shouldn't. You know, we are all a work in progress. And, you know, I know that I've seen your workouts and I know that working out for you is like such a, a part of your life and a staple of your life. And for me as well. And, and I think making sure that your mind is working as well and you're flexing those muscles and those tools. And for me, that's going to therapy and, and working and hashing stuff out. And I think it also prevents a lot of altercations. <laughs> <laughs> and it also allows to really be honest and open and, and talk about things that maybe you wouldn't feel odd or I don't want to say that in front of someone or I don't want to say that yeah. to my husband that might set him off or make him upset about something, you know? So I think it's just a really great way to flesh stuff out. Hi, this is Deborah Messing. And I'm Andana Dayani. We decided to create a podcast to introduce you to the people who inspire us most. These are the dissenters. The people who just made a decision one day to break down the establishment and build a new one. In the greatest times of grief or even the most ordinary of circumstances, many heroes will rise. You just have to take that first step. 
So please tune in. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. There are heroes everywhere. Discover them. Become one. I think that's really healthy because, you know, for me, I'm actually quite the opposite. I never... Growing up in Asian culture, therapy was something that was just not normal and something that wasn't um, talked about really. And so for my husband and I, once we got married, this is our eight eight year in marriage, like every couple goes through things. And that's when we're like, okay, I think it's time. Like we should go see a therapist. Now, first, it just felt so foreign, right? It just felt like, is this like the end of it? Because everyone has such negative stigma about therapy, a therapist. Um, But then once we started going, we're like, wow, this is really wonderful. And this is actually helping us communicate better throughout. So we don't have to get to those points where, you know, of just explosion and what couples usually always just wait for. So I think that's really amazing and healthy that you guys kind of have it within your family culture. Thanks. Well, and you too. And I, I think that we all, we grow and evolve and we do it at such different rates, even if married to the same, you know, you've been married for eight years. I've been married for 10 years now and we are really different than we were 10 years ago. And I'm sure in 10 years from now and 20 years from now, we'll be really different then. And you grow at different rates. So it's really important to check in with yourself and be honest about how you're feeling and and be able to communicate that together. And if you think of it, like we all have the same goal. We want to be married. We want a healthy relationship with our friends and family. Yeah. How do we achieve that? Yeah. No, that's totally true. And I think going into marriage, it's a whole, like you have to take care of it, right? Like you have to nurture it and you have to grow with the person. But, you know, sometimes like for me, I had to learn it the hard way. And yeah, I am so glad that you're kind of normalizing that conversation of, you know, going to therapy and having these conversations with your husbands. So speaking of you and your beautiful family, you're very open with your followers. And that's one reason why I love following you. You just seem like an open book um, and you're authentic and you're real. But we all know that you and your husband live in the public eye. So how do you guys handle the pressures of just kind of I guess I should reframe it. How do you guys create boundaries for your kids and your family without feeling uncomfortable if you're oversharing? Like, do you have any rules that you guys go by and how do you balance it for uh, for you and your family? Yeah, I mean, that's such a great question. And I often look to, I I do both. I I got checked within myself and with my husband, but I also look to other people too. Like, well, how is so-and-so online handling it or someone that I watch or you know, to kind of, I guess, gauge the spectrum a bit. It's so weird. I wasn't on social media until three years ago, really. And then before that, I was a working actor and I didn't have a social, it wasn't, it was almost like frowned upon, you know, like Mm. you're not supposed to promote yourself. You're supposed to just stumble into it. But meanwhile, you have, you've hired a publicist to like, (laughs) you know, do that for you. And, and it just, you don't talk about things. You're private and mysterious in a way. And so I kind of lived in that space for a while thinking I'm supposed to be like that. And, you know, growing up also, I felt like my family was private and you don't talk about certain things, but I felt so conflicted internally because I wanted to be honest with 
who I am. And I felt like people didn't have an idea of who I was. And I wanted to be creative again because I wasn't acting after we had kids. And I wanted a space that I felt like I could be creative in myself. So in the beginning, it was, it's certainly like if you look a couple years ago at my social and look at it now, it's really different because I I think I was trying to put on different clothing. Like, what am I supposed to be? And who do I want people (laughs) to be me? And, And I think now I finally have grown into my my skin a little bit more. And also, I think that also comes with, I'm getting closer to 40. And I, I think there's a kind of a, if I can say effort attitude with turning about <laughs> 40, it's just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I, I've learned so much from other people online and their honesty. And I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of when it comes to sharing your story. I think if you feel it and it could help someone else, you know, um, then so be it. I think when it comes to my kids, I've struggled a bit because I, I don't put them in things that they're uncomfortable with. Like if they're with me and I'm shooting something and they're like adamant about not doing it, like this is not their job. They don't have to do it. So I'm really like, cool, you're done. You don't have to be a part of this. And I'm also careful with like making them the butt of a joke, you know, cause mm. I, there's so many funny things and I'm sure you feel like this, like yeah. so many funny things that your kids do that are just like, I want to share this. This is hilarious. But I'm also like, if they were to look back someday, are they going to feel like I was exposing and exploiting them for a laugh? So it's just that fine line of, yeah. you know, just riding that right wave. And and I'm sure that I will mess it up a little bit. I'm sure that someday they'll look back and be like, why did you post that? And yeah. But, Especially as they get older, right? Like that's something that I'm starting to navigate because the past five years, my kids were babies. Um, Actually, my first is still a baby. But now that my five-year-old is- The older one, right? Chloe is the older one, yeah. So big, oh my God. Yeah, she's, you know, she has her own personality. She has her own friend. She has like her thing happening. So I do have to think about that as well, which is so weird for me because two years ago, I could just post up- like naked baby photos yeah. of her running on a diaper and it's, yeah. it's all good. It's so cute. But now it's, I, I do have to take that extra step of, okay, in five years, in three years, when she goes to school, are her friends going to make fun of her for this? Like, is this going to be frowned upon? And it's so interesting that I have to think of that because I still view as my, my kids as babies. And I'm sure you do too, yeah. but you have to think about the rest of the world as well. And yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is it, as they get older, I think they change and they start speaking up. Like I know my eight-year-old hates it. So I don't include him in a lot of stuff and I'll get a lot of flack online for it, but I'm like, I don't need to explain it to anyone. Right. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just doesn't love getting his picture taken and he'll say, please don't put that up. And I'm, I won't, you know? And yeah. so I feel like it's just enough to feel like I'm representing my family well or Mm. highlighting a moment that's fun or I thought funny or someone else would think it's funny or learned from it or something. But I guess, you know, it's that line that you kind of have to judge like, okay, I think that's the sweet spot of like, I'm not going to, not going to post that. And I always run everything by my husband. I always Mm. second guess myself. So that's good. Yeah. I think it's called sharenting. I think that's what parents call it now. Sharenting. So Yeah. It's it's something that I've had to like talk to my husband about because he's a lot more private than I am. For me, I'm like, I just want to tell a story and share my life because that's the I grew up in this industry. 
But yeah. my husband is like very private. So I have, I have to agree with you. It's like asking for that second opinion is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I have to say you've balanced it really just well and beautifully. And, you know, I feel like at least from what I see online, um, it just seems like you guys are one big happy family. And I'm sure that you guys have your moments, but yeah, yeah I love that you guys spend so much time outdoors. I know that you guys just got back from like a big outdoor yeah. trip, right? So how did that all come about? It, has it always been a passion of yours and your husband or did it come after having kids? I'm trying to get my girls to be more outdoorsy, but first of all, I'm not an outdoorsy person, so it's not really working for me. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And I think that kids lean into what, you know, their parents are into too. And, you know, for me, I am, um, so I was born in the Bay Area in, in Diablo. Um, wait, no, wait. Me yes, too. I know. We talked about wait, We talked about this. I grew up in Danville, which yeah. is right next to Diablo. That's I went right. to um, Los Cerros for a while. And um, oh, I went to Monta Vista, which is oh like my God. right there. Okay, I, yeah, I, almost, I would have gone to Monta Vista, but we moved because my dad was a ski bum and we traveled around to different mountains, which is like where my, I think, adventure side came. But we grew up like hiking Mount Diablo all the time and going up to Tahoe and that's so crazy you went to Chana Vista. That I would, that I would For those of you that are listening, why we're geeking out is because no one ever knows where these places are. <laughs> <laughs> I always just say, oh, I'm from San Francisco because right, it's the closest city to that people can recognize. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It's so, yeah, I would say the same thing. And then someone from San Francisco, I don't know if you got this, but they'd be like, you're not from San Francisco. <laughs> you're from the boonies. And I'm like, exactly. It's the East Bay. It's not that bad. Um, exactly. No, it was awesome. I loved, I really enjoyed growing up there and um, I lived there until I was 13. So Diablo has, in Danville, has like a big horse community. And my mom and my dad actually were both raised there and grew up with horses. And then when I was a kid, my chore was to like ride this local horse and I had to, we kind of adopted him. And I just grew up around animals and nature and my dad just loved skiing. And when we were 13, when I was 13, um, we moved to Montana, which they said it was a vacation. <laughs> we moved, which um, is great that I'm in therapy. <laughs> um, but uh, that was like one of the greatest moves of my life. And I think moving to Montana and then later to Idaho really sparked the sense of adventure and this love for the outdoors. And I even ended up at this high school where the curriculum included hiking and camping and exploring outdoors and having a curriculum based off of that and reading from that and, um, and just learning from nature. Um, and so I think that really shaped and helped develop who I am. And it's something that I really find peace and comfort in and it's something that is just really important to me to to share with my children and so we ended up on this crazy road trip which just kept extending and I kept calling it like the running the never I'm never going home or running away from the coronavirus <laughs> trip because I um we had been quarantining for four months and we're really lucky to be in a situation where there's plenty to do for the kids here we have a chicken coop and uh, room to run around. So the kids are absolutely fine. We're fine. But I just had this moment of like, Jared, I just want to get back to the mountains and I want to explore again and just be in open spaces. And so we took a road trip 
and stayed mainly at this place called Under the Canvas, which was just such a gift to be able to stay in this really cool tent setting, but have the luxury of a restroom and the comforts of not putting up your tent in this beautiful bed and all this stuff. And uh, it was just such a blast. And we kind of had a loose itinerary. And then from there, we would find stuff that the kids would want to do and things that were safe along the road that we could all participate in and hikes and that sort of thing. And so it was just kind of a crazy adventure. My husband ended up having to fly back early because he had to go back to, to finish up his show, Supernatural in Vancouver. And I just kind of kept carrying on with the kids for a few more weeks. And, wow. Um, but That's it's, amazing. So how long were you guys out there for? We were gone for six to seven weeks. And I will say it was, while it's wonderful, I think the negative now is that I feel so disoriented. I feel like <sighs> my schedule was so disrupted. It was so great. But now I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm back to reality. Like, how do I deal? How do I, you know, it's like, I want to bury my head in the sand. I I love that. It seems like you're truly just going with the flow right now. And it just seems like you're not too worried about, you know, structure and education at this moment, because like, you're just living the life that you have right now with the kids, which I personally love. A lot of parents are obsessed with kind of like, making sure everyone is like upkeeping with education and all of that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you have plans around that or are you just kind of, you know, going with the flow right now? Well, I mean, I, I've struggled and I've actually never talked about this publicly. And so I have to admit, I have a little anxiety admitting this, but we do have someone who helps with our family. And I think it would be a major disservice of me to say that I'm taking it on all by myself. My husband is gone. He's traveling, um, filming Supernatural. So I'm alone most of the time and I could hundred percent take care of three kids, no problem. But in order to do everything that I'm doing and have the attitude I have, I think I wouldn't be able to do it unless I had someone who could help support structuring my kids so that I can also work and feel the way that I feel. I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I am going to interrupt you because I love that you are talking about this because it's something that I talk about, have been talking about openly, and it made me nervous at first too, admitting that I have help, right? And I have support because it's almost like moms, especially moms, right? Especially in the limelight we almost want to kind of keep this image of like, wow, we're like carrying the whole family. Like we're doing everything and we're so exhausted. It's almost like exhaustion is like the prize, right? Like that is what people are so proud to be of. And I was, I'm 100% guilty of that too. Every day I'll be like, oh, I'm so exhausted. Like, oh my God, like I had the most exhausting day. And then one day I was like, why am I acting like this? As if it's something like a prize that I want, if I hit a goal or something. And so I love that you're talking about having help and admitting that you can't do it all. And I think this is a conversation that we have to normalize as moms because the rest of the world, they're putting so much pressure on themselves. Being like, well, look at this person. Like she's doing it all on her own. But is she like, do you actually know that if she is or not, or does she has help? And so I think more women, including myself, like we have the responsibility for other women out there to talk about, it's okay to have help. It's okay to not be able to do it on your own. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, it's honestly the first time I've talked about it and I'm, I am sweating just like 
oh, I'm exposing myself. But I also, I mean, I don't know how we would get work done. And I applaud the moms, especially the single moms out there who are hustling their asses off right now to make ends meet and provide for their children. I mean, it's a, it's very, I'm stressed and I have someone supporting and helping me. Like I can't imagine, you know, feeling you're doing it alone and doing it, doing it alone. So, and I also, I don't want to put that image out there that I'm able to achieve all this without some help and support and structure in place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah. So I have to just admit that first. And I will say between the two of us and we'll take on different kids and different schedules. And I have three and they're all in sort of different age groups and levels. And it's mainly because the the boys are um, going into third and first grade and are on a separate curriculum. And then my daughter who's going into preschool is on her own curriculum. And so it's kind of like all hands on deck and there's just a lot to handle. And so I may be carefree in the day-to-day for the most part, but I try to make things a learning lesson where we can. And even on the road, you know, we would still have things structured so that they were reading certain amounts before they can earn any screen time or they, they could earn a road stop, you know, popsicle or lollipop. So there was always this kind of reward system that we had. So it wasn't a total like free for all and I mean, I, I love that you get that vibe for me. I think internally it was you know, a little more stressful than I let on maybe. But Yeah, no, I think that's really important that, you know, as public figures, um, what we see is what we assume is someone's reality. But in fact, you cannot really assume anything because you don't really know the behind the scenes. And I'm also guilty of this as well for the people that I follow. And so... You know, I, I love that you're talking about this and I love that you're normalizing this conversation, And you know, especially for, you know, the single parents out there that are just struggling on their own during this time. It like my heart goes to them. Like I, I had to do it once um, for a few weeks when my husband went back and we're like in serious quarantine mode and we wouldn't let anyone in. Yeah. And it was just me and the kids. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> The single parents, like props to you guys, you know, like this is not easy. So I think more importantly for parents, we just have to support one another. We just have to understand everyone has different situations and um, not judge one another. I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I also feel like it's okay to say at the end of the day that you're exhausted because that's still your reality and that's still fair and you shouldn't apologize for that. And I, I'm also think that I'm internally saying it to myself too, because I feel such guilt sometimes, but it is exhausting no matter what. And that is my reality and it is hard and that's okay to feel that way. Um, you know, we're all trying to get through it and deal with it in the best way that we possibly can. So it is okay to acknowledge those feelings. Yeah. I love that. Um, when it comes to disciplining your kids, um, is there a particular tactic that you use? Do you and your husband have separate roles of like who does what? Um, I would love to learn how you handle discipline with your kids. Yeah, we have. So we had issues for a while because my husband travels for work. So he filmed in Vancouver and he's been there actually for 15 years um, and would travel home on the weekends. 
and he would be the fun dad when he came home and he would come home and he would load them up with sugar and they'd stay up late watching movies that I was like, they shouldn't be watching these movies. And so it was always like this fight and this argument. And I think once my, our oldest hit like second grade, first or second grade, we really had to get on the same page because I think he learned to like milk it a little bit. <laughs> and so what we started doing, and also I think like things like apps, you know, when we travel and that sort of thing, it's like, can I get an app? And it's like, this stuff isn't free. You know, you have to have an appreciation for it. It costs $1.99 or whatever. And doesn't money doesn't go on trees. Um, and so we started doing this system where we use cotton balls yeah. and it seems so silly, but um, we would do this chore chart and if they completed all the chores, then they would earn a certain amount of cotton balls. And then a certain amount of cotton balls gives them, they can maybe get an app or they can earn a cookie or dessert for dinner or after dinner and, and stuff like that. My son, uh, Thomas, my oldest, really wanted a scooter, like a two-wheeled scooter. Not He's like outgrown the baby one with three wheels. And he really wanted the scooter. And so he had to earn a hundred cotton balls to like earn the scooter and he finally did it also with the help of his younger brother who's like take my cotton ball oh how <laughs> generous he like will do anything for him it's so sweet I think because he knows he'll probably inherit it too but um <laughs> <laughs> so he earned it and so we have that system and then we also have you know we'll take stuff away if there's certain rude behavior or just certain con- you know consequences for behavior we'll also take things like stuffies like they're I don't know if your kids are really into stuffies but mine like the last two years are like so into these stuffies that they sleep with and it's like their whole bed is like clouded with all these like little stuffed animals and um so we'll take that we'll like take things away Mm. or sometimes if it gets really bad we'll take all of them away and then they have to earn them back one by one so it kind of changes I find that like the timeouts and stuff like that really don't work super well unless like they need a reset and in which case we'll kind of put them in a situation where we'll set a timer and say like, okay, you need X amount of time just to kind of reset. You're not in trouble, but we want you to figure out like, you know, dealing with whatever frustration you're dealing with, whatever feeling, but you need to just take that room and that time for yourself and chill out. (laughs) That's amazing. So not using time as a consequence, but just allowing them to like be within themselves and think about what they did. Yeah, I just, I found that that worked the best. I mean, granted, my three-year-old, we definitely use time out on her because I don't think the idea of like taking away a toy necessarily registers like the long-term consequences. Uh So that is usually like sit on the stairs. And at this point, she knows she'll say something like, she'll be like, you're stupid. And then she'll (laughs) walk to time out and sit down. I feel like every child is different. So how you deal with discipline and rewarding kids, they take it differently, right? So yeah, that's so funny. That's so silly. (laughs) I feel like my second, she's still one, but or she's almost two now. But I feel like the second is a little bit more tough in a sense. Um, So if I put my first in timeout, which we don't do anymore because it wasn't effective for her, we tried it out and it just wasn't effective. She would just cry and cry and cry and like she wouldn't stop. But my second, I could put her in timeout and she'll just start laughing and like, yes. and it just, she just thinks it's so funny and she knows that 
we get annoyed by it. So it's more like making us mad. So we just kind of nix that whole timeout thing. But yeah. yeah, we have to do it differently with each kid because they're just so different, like their personalities. Right. How they all are so independently different. I mean, that's the joy of raising these kids because you feel like you got you got one down and you're like, I got this. And then the second come, you're like, whoa, I was not expecting. Yeah. Where did this personality come from? Like you need a whole new parenting book to deal with the next kid. Absolutely. And so you talk openly a lot about like big emotions and uncertainty, new routines, not going to work and school during these times. And I just love that you've been so open about that on your Instagram. So how has these big changes been for your family? I would imagine that um, since your husband travels quite a bit, a lot more pressure has been kind of like poured upon you during these times because it's all like you with the kids. So what was the biggest challenges and how did you adapt to, I guess, this new normal? Yeah, it's been really challenging. I feel like for everyone, it was certainly challenging for us because he, you know, like being an actor, you're kind of a freelancer in a way. And so the uncertainty of not knowing when your next job is coming, even though he has supernatural to finish and then he's going to start Walker, Texas Ranger shortly. It just seemed like a lot of unknowns. The first thing for him was that he, you know, once things were getting worse, he came quickly to Austin. Well, actually immediately to Austin and we kind of had to, it was like this tornado, you know, sort of at first of like, it's like, I don't know, like having a sleepover with your friend, like, this is fun. And we're all at like, it's like no rules. And then suddenly you're like, wait a minute, this isn't going away. You know, we have yeah. to like figure out the new norm. <laughs> and so, and we were real, you know, in the beginning as well, like no one was allowed at the house. No one could come by. We really hunkered down. And, and that was really challenging because it meant we had to figure out work and home life and being married together. We've actually have never really lived together. He's lived in Vancouver for 15 years and we met on the show and then he would have weekends and then he would have a hiatus that was two months, but he would travel a lot during that time for work. So it was definitely um, a new adjustment. I know that he, I don't want to speak for him, but I felt like he was getting accustomed to my routine and I had to, you know, we both had to adjust to each other. And I was really nervous at first because I thought this could turn out really badly, <laughs> you know, but I was really shocked. I shouldn't say shocked. I was really surprised at how much he picked up the slack for me because I had a couple of things that were just starting right before the pandemic really hit. And it only amplified once it hit, which meant that my time for work and to focus like really got kind of tough and I really had to figure out how to structure that which was really challenging for me and he had to really pick up the slack in that way and make sure that the kids were also on a good system and a good schedule and not like hey I'm home here's candy in a movie kind of <laughs> you know and I think by being home and and seeing everything I think he also had an appreciation for you know how much they craved a schedule and needed needed yeah. that so yeah, it was certainly, it was really hard. And then I don't know if you felt like this, but I also really struggled with, and I still struggle with the moral, like it definitely feels like a social or moral experiment or something because mm. it's like, I, 
I want to see friends and some friends are seeing other friends and, and I'm, it's just like this weird thing of like, am I shunning them by not seeing Mm. them social? Like I need to be fed socially. They need to be fed socially. And I want them to know I love them, but I'm not comfortable yet. And yeah, hard. I know it's really hard navigating that, right? Because everyone kind of takes a situation a little differently. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially with parents, um, I mean, everyone is cautious, but I think parents are just a little bit more cautious because of the kids naturally, right? And so I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, I'm just going to come by and um, see the kids and say hi. And, you know, it's nothing, right? It seems like nothing. But for us, it was like, this is real serious for us. So like, we really, we don't want to offend you. And we've had to have those conversations a few times with our friends. So yeah, I I agree with you. It's a really tricky situation because it's important to have community during these times. And it's important to still have those, you know, relationships, right? But how do you continue that without offending anybody? Yeah. Exactly. It's really hard when you don't see eye to eye, you know, and it goes back to being forgiving with everyone. Like we have to just realize that we all have different boundaries. And I think that for me has been like the most, the most difficult is internally having this real major guilt of I'm not ready. Like I'm scared. I don't know the right answer. I also want to lead by example. Like if I see someone, then I'm you know, it's just all this. It's such a, I keep using the word. I don't know. Do you care if I swear? Sorry. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's really, and one day it's fine. And then the next day it's not, you Yeah. Know? I might feel comfortable today, but then tomorrow, like, nope, I can't, I can't, I'm not ready. Yeah. And they're on top of that, just, and I'm only speaking to you about this because I know that you've been very open with just a different situations. Um, politically that has been happening across the world and our country and just like dealing with everything that's happening day by day and obviously having the pressures of having to speak up um, on your platform but also how do you explain this to your family and your kids and just like on top of the virus there's just so many different layers that are happening so it's not easy for anybody but yeah it's my child keeps saying 2020 is crazy. And I'm like, I need to stop saying that because she, <laughs> she's obviously getting it from me. Cause I keep saying that like 2020 is so crazy. <laughs> At least my kids are like, my three-year-old goes, Donald Trump, the ding dong. <laughs> True. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I like, mean, it's like, it is crazy. It's just, I feel like we're in this weird dream. Like we're going to wake up at some point. Yeah. And this didn't happen, right? I don't know. I, I like to think I like to think of this as maybe this all happened because we're supposed to really be digging deep. And you know, I don't I don't care what party you vote for at all. Like it I'm not necessarily Democrat or Republican. I just know that who I want in office, whatever. And I it was no secret that I really wanted Hillary to win. I do think that if she were in office, maybe we wouldn't be having these difficult conversations, you know? I mean, I never realized how bad we were with not recognizing that we had an issue with race. Yeah. You know, I was part of the problem thinking, well, I'm not racist, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sorry, I'm going there. I know that we talked a little bit about politics and I'm just. No, no, I, I love, you know, I'm very open with my platform as well. And it's a conversation that I try to bring more awareness and light to. So, you know, I never want to pressure anybody to talk about it, but if they're open to, I'm all for it. So I just, I feel that if we had just had a, had Hillary in office, maybe we'd be more complacent and we mm-hmm. wouldn't be having these deep conversations and saying like, oh my gosh, you know, we have to fight harder for, mm-hmm. for X, Y, and Z. And, and we wouldn't be in the situation. And I, I hope that I can look back on this and, and be grateful for the struggle because mm-hmm. we were able to overcome so much from it. And that's, that's my hope from all of this is that it's not for nothing, you know, and it yeah. is year to year and I haven't loved every minute of it, but I hope by the end of it, I can look back and think, oh my gosh, I loved that this came out of it or whatever. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's, there's a lot of pain as we're living through it, but I think in the grander scheme of things, hopefully in the next 10 years, five years, who knows, we'll be able to look back and be like, man, we like really fought the good fight. You know, thank God that we did that because we're here now, you know, and there's so much more justice in the world because of what we went through. So it's so painful right now. But I was talking to my husband, like no revolution happens, like nothing big actually happens until we have to go through the trenches and we're like in the trenches right now. So Hopefully our kids will will live in a in a more just world and a more peaceful world and we're just kind of kind of paving the way for them. I'll probably look back and be like, what the hell was that about? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I always joke that our kids, uh, when they have to when they're in high school and they're gonna have to study 2020, like they're gonna hate studying 20 because the textbook is gonna be like this thick. <laughs> <laughs> what went wrong? <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm going to start wrapping this up. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but um, talking about a little like lighter things, are there any like hacks that you just like swear by as a parent that, you know, I would imagine as a busy mom of three, like you have some amazing hacks under your belt that you just like pull out all the time to make your life a little easier? Yeah, I wish. Um, I think like you, I mean, I've watched you and I, I feel like, First of all, I get so many hacks from you, um, <laughs> from my skincare to like morning rituals. Um, I think the biggest one that I have, and I'm not always the best at it, but getting up early. I think that being able to get up early, and I feel like you talked about it recently where you were saying, give it two weeks to get into mm-hmm. an early morning routine. And I totally agree with you because once you start, it's just God awful and you just want to kill It's everyone. so awful. <laughs> but you adjust eventually your rhythm gets you know your body gets into that good rhythm and then you naturally fall asleep at like Mm -hmm. well hopefully at like nine o'clock usually I mean you know it goes a little bit later but you get into this good rhythm and I find that those that morning is really really helpful to take for yourself whether that's just getting up for a cup of coffee and just like having a minute to yourself to you know meditation or a good workout but just something I feel like to make sure you take time for yourself, you know, like that I take time. Cause if I don't take that time, I feel like my day is shot and I feel like I'm rushing through with my kids or I'm not completely present or I'm juggling both work during my time with my kids or I'm working and then I'm 
thinking about, oh shoot, I didn't start prepping dinner or whatever it is. So I feel like having that mental space early in the morning to really think about the rest of the day and center myself, whatever, whatever that is that you want to do. I heard from another podcast that I listened to, you create your morning ritual and your ritual will later define you. So like that really stuck to me and I didn't really understand it in the beginning, but as I, I'm four weeks into my ritual now, my morning ritual, I did it before quarantine, um, but I completely stopped for about almost five months. So I started again about a month ago and yeah, like I created this morning ritual for myself, but now it's defining me as a person. I'm more productive. I'm happier. I'm, you know, I'm just a different person now. So yeah, I have to agree with you. That is like my best hack as well. <laughs> I love watching you. I mean, those 5.30 a.m. workouts that you do are amazing. I'll be like, gosh, darn it. I didn't wake up early enough today. You know, and I'm like, wow, how do you do it? It's I mean, just- Awesome. Sometimes I do like a 6.30 and I have to cut my workout short, but I do whatever it takes to at least get like t- even 20 minutes in. It doesn't even have to be that long. It could be 15, 20 minutes in just to like pour, pour sweat. Yeah. Awesome. And in our community, we talk a lot about guilt. And I feel like we already kind of talked about this, about mom guilt, and especially like talking about the help that um, that we have. Besides that, have you ever felt like, a sense of guilt once you became a mother um, as a working woman? And if so, how did, how did you handle it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like it's so weird because I stopped working once my husband and I started having kids. And that was like, I felt such guilt. And then I like dedicated my time to my children and raising two young boys. And I just remember thinking like, feeling guilt because I was not feeding myself. So then I was a little bit agitated or angry. And then it was weird. It was like a switch went off when I was pregnant with my daughter of like, I need an outlet. And so I started my blog and lifestyle stuff and I felt fed, but then I felt like it's constant. Like I feel guilty all the time and I live in a state of guilt. Here's a great analogy. A dear friend of mine who was the AD on a show I did called Wildfire. And he explained this so well, but he said, you have all these things that you're juggling, right? You have your mortgage payment or your rent, you have electric bills, you have your friend circle, you have family, you, whatever it is, you have all these things that are going on in your life and you're juggling them all, but there's all these things going up, but there are also things going down. So you can have your cake. I mean, you can have your cake and eat it too, but you also have to acknowledge that there's always going to be something that's suffering and it doesn't have to be bad. You know what I mean? Just because something isn't getting fed as much, it doesn't mean it has to be a negative thing. So I think that's just how I try to acknowledge my guilt and that I try not to let it eat me alive and use it as a way of saying like, where am I not being fed or where can I you know, spread out a little bit more, you know, indulge a little bit more, give a little bit more because you, it's just, it's impossible. And I can't make everyone happy and myself happy at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I always say you could have it all, but not all at once. Yeah. Um, kind of the like, same analogy of like 
juggling the balls, right? Like as you have some balls up in the air, there are going to be naturally balls that are falling down. So, I mean, that's, I think one thing that I've realized after talking to so many amazing parents is that you will always live with guilt and it's just about accepting it. And once you became a, become a parent, it's almost like you're signing a contract that says like, you're going to feel guilty forever, no matter what you do. So just embrace it at this point. <laughs> I'm going to screw him up somehow. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, so I'm going to end it with uh, a few rapid fire fun questions. And these are like super short form answers, whatever comes to head or comes to your mind first. Okay, one product you cannot live without. It's um, an investment, but uh, Dr. Sturm's, uh, I always say her name wrong, the Hyaluronic Serum. Yes, it's the best. I love that. How would you describe yourself as a parent? I'm pretty hands-on. How would your kids describe you as a parent? <laughs> Probably helicopter parent. <laughs> Go away. Um, what is the hardest thing about being a parent? The guilt, I think. Most rewarding thing about being a parent? Rediscovering the world through their eyes. I love that. What is one thing that you hope for for your kids? I just want them to be happy. It's so simple, but I do. And last one, how do you want to be remembered as a parent? Um, that's a great question. I want to be thoughtful, loving. I want them to know that I will always, I will love them no matter what, and I will always listen no matter what. Amazing. Thank you so much, Thank Genevieve. So much. This was so much fun. I'm so glad that we finally got to chat and you have really inspired me in so many ways. So, oh my gosh, you you've inspired me so many ways throughout the years. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And where can everyone find you on um, social or? Yeah, now and Jen, um, mainly on Instagram. I have a blog now and Jen. Um, stay tuned because I am working on something that's separate. That's more of a, an eco lifestyle will be coming out soon, I hope. Um, but yeah, mainly now and Jen. Amazing. <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you later. Bye, Jen. Bye. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It really is the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more of us, head over to our Instagram and follow us there at Bumo Parent. And to learn more about Bumo Brain Virtual School, follow us at Bumo Brain or head over to BumoBrain.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week.